Welcome to Voice of the Cape Drive Time. Yes, indeed, it is time for Weekly Africa Report. In this uh, week's report, we look at the following. South African private army accused of atrocities in Mozambique. Zimbabwe's second vice president resigns over sexual misconduct. And Nigeria grapples with school kidnappings by armed groups. Online for comment is Executive Director, Democracy Development Program at the University of KwaZulu-Natal, Dr. Paul Kariuki. Uh, Twitter handle at K-A-Y-L-A-N-P-K. That's how you can get hold of Dr. Paul Kariuki. Dr. Kariuki, welcome. Thank you so much, Shafiq, for having me on the show, and good afternoon to your listeners. South African private army accused of atrocities in Mozambique. We've just finished doing a story about open secrets, revealing that South Africa sold 11 billion rands worth of arms to uh, people fighting in Yemen. And now we have bad news out of Mozambique. I think the company's called DAG, accused of killing civilians, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, unfortunately, it's not a, a good story to tell because of the um, the connotation it brings as far as, um, you know, looking after uh, citizenry, the Mozambicans in this case, and from a human rights approach uh, point of view. And unfortunately, it borders, um, you know, within the, the challenging uh, diplomatic relationships that South Africa has had with Mozambique for quite some time. And the involvement of the South African private military company in the affairs of another sovereign current country is is disastrous to say the least in terms of reputation of the of the nation. So it's um it's a it's a it's a very sad story, especially because of the uh, human catastrophe involved. I mean, I mean these are war crimes. Uh, the Amnesty International report says the mercenaries from DAG, Dyke Advisory Group, uh, the funny thing is it lost a number of battles, but uh, they fired guns from helicopters, dropped hand grenades from helicopters, uh, yeah. and hand grenades indiscriminately into crowds. I mean, this is just beggar's belief, doesn't it? Definitely. And that is the... The, the human catastrophe that saddens anyone on, you know, because of such results. And you will not expect at any time any military intervention to be so uh, insensitive to human lives to that extent. And at the same time, also having been associated with, you know, a country such as South Africa that is known to uphold the rule of law and observe, uh, you know, human rights. So there's a lot of questions going on there. Now. And, and, of course, the company... Uh, uh, Doug has decided to go uh, to pursue a legal route to really kind of uh, 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 go to the bottom of this because of the Amnesty International's report. But the bottom line is that uh, human lives have been affected, uh, uh, and at the same time, they, there is a, a cloud of doubt of to the extent they were involved and how they were involved, and and why they did, they did um, do such kind of um, almost uh, warlike um, scenarios in the country that has its own sovereign um, uh, will and what did the what did this uh, what did the citizens do to to be exposed to such levels of um, atrocities so there's so many questions that needs to be answered and and of course be unpacked to the extent of why they had to use such excessive force even if it's to assist the Mozambican uh, government to fight the insurgencies. 
I mean, I mean, what's happening there is private citizens who are being screwed by the government on the issue of um, oil exploration. They're losing their land because of that. Then there is um, an ongoing um, war by an opposition group uh, claiming to be an Islamic one. I doubt that. And then mm-hmm. you've, you've also got the Mozambican military and then you've got DAG, all three parties committing atrocities on not each other, but on the civilians. It really is a sorry, sorry state of affairs. And that's really, uh, Shafiq, that was complicated the story. Why would such um, uh, forces, combined forces, really do attack defenseless civilians? That's one of the big questions that such, if, if the legal route is really explored to the fullest, I'm sure it would be the interest of the public and of the region to really understand why did the three forces uh, did attack defenseless civilians to this extent. And I hope that the judicial process will be fair to the extent that it will be able to get to the bottom of, of this situation and uh, really do provide answers uh, to a great extent. And I'm sure um, uh, the, the, the probably the Mozambican government is also interested. I've not come across any response from them yet except for the denial that they were also not aware. But it's very hard to believe that they weren't aware when uh, the number of people involved um, who passed on because of the attacks uh, is out there in the public domain. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's horrible things that are happening. Um, the uh, rebel rebel group, um, which does have socioeconomic grievances, which are genuine, but um, it certainly doesn't justify the violence that they've stooped to. Um, the locals uh, call them... Uh, head choppers. Um, there's an expression in Portuguese which says, like chopping a cow in half is how they describe that group. Then you've mm-hmm. got uh, um, Mozambican forces. Um, I'm sure you know of the incident last September. Beat a yeah. naked woman with a stick, shot her 36 times, left her body in the highway. Um, uh, killings, um, security forces taking women to be raped. Um, and then you've got DAG uh, shooting people from helicopters and apparently even shooting on a school. Yeah. The international community has to wake up, doesn't it? I, I agree with you 100%. And I think that partly it's, this is why uh, Amnesty International took upon themselves to really go and fish out this information to put this report together that has now been put in the public domain that uh, I hope it will awaken interest, especially from the region, the SADC region itself, uh, the leadership of the SADC region countries, to be able to hold their counterpart uh, accountable for this but also the United Nations and the African Union also to get involved. It's, it's almost unimaginable to think that um, a, a country can turn on its own citizens and be part of such level of atrocity. So I think the report does well by uh, firstly exposing the issue to the extent that it has done, but the second, uh, the second part of it is to uh, hopefully that the, the, the regional body, SADC, the African Union, uh, will be interested in finding out exactly the details of why this situation went to the extent it went to, and of course uh, hold their, their their counterpart accountable for 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 the things that have happened in the country. Do you think part of the problem is when you try and corporatize a, a political struggle? I'll put it that way. 
you're going to have problems. I think a prime example is Iraq. I mean, Iraq was basically corporatized by the U.S. For every U.S. soldier on the ground, there were nine civilians um, in various roles. I'm not saying Mozambique is exactly the same, but it does seem as if the Mozambican government, it says it sent its army there, but it's almost happy to try and have a corporate resolution to what is a very serious political problem. I agree. Um, in most cases, when we have private intervention on political squabbles, there is always ordinary citizens are actually the casualty because their interests are not protected in that case. And therefore, there's no one prompting um, uh, the intervention to be in favor or in the interest of civilians. In this case, you have private, inter- private enterprises coming into such a struggle. Of course, one begs to find out uh, what was what was given in exchange for the intervention or for their participation, and this is where corporatization of private military becomes a problem problematic in peace and conflict resolution uh, situations such as what was going on in Mozambique, and therefore it begs the question who 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 is benefiting out of um, the, the the violence. And to what extent was the government involved to the extent that they could be able to sign on the dotted line, I'm assuming, for these private security forces to be involved in an internal matter that should have been solved even to a great extent politically, uh, being because it's, uh, it's, it's unfathomable that a private military will be involved in a country that already has its own military to defend, uh, to defend its, uh, its people. So... Um, it's really highly undesirable that private military intervention should be involved in national political struggles. Yeah, I think the oil companies need to answer some awkward questions. Let's yes. move on to another issue. I'm not too sure whether this is comedy, politics, or what. Zimbabwean <laughs> Vice President Kembo Mahadi, and he's been around the block, um, and then some, uh, he's not a threat to um, uh, President Emerson Mnguagwa, but he has resigned due to alleged sex scandals. But he's got a real swing of phrase, and I think it's more his language that's getting attention more than anything else. I'm just going to quickly give some quotes from his resignation letter, which is going to go down as a classic. Um, Mm. He says he was a victim of information distortion, voice cloning, and sponsored spooking and political sabotage. And after going through a soul-searching pilgrimage, he needed space to deal with my problems Outside the governance chair. Lovely swing of, of English language, uh, uh, eccentric, but certainly entertaining. It is. <laughs> and um, on one part, it shows that there is um, some level of shifting now uh, in the political landscape to an extent that uh, a senior member of government, such as the vice president, would uh, willingly step aside. Um, to 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 focus on these issues that you know have come very much close to uh, cause disrepute to, to the government itself, but also for other uh, cabinet colleagues that you know uh, the vice president is part of. However, uh, the extent of denialism there again is also worrying because um, although these matters are still at this stage alleged. Um, uh, issues, but um, I don't think it would have gone to the extent of him stepping down if there was no element of some truth in the in in what is coming as allegations. So the bottom line is, I think he did himself a, uh, a good thing to step aside. 
uh, in saving only his own in, uh, little integrity that has left that has been left, but also saving the integrity of the government um, to be to be seen as a government that at least on the very least understands the importance of ethical leadership. I mean, he seems to have had a, a real a real reputation. Um, local media alleging that he had affairs with uh, both married and single women, and uh, mm-hmm. a phone call. I think that's actually what bust him. Um, mm-hmm. when he propositions women and speaks of drinking concoctions to improve his performance. So it, it looks like he got basically caught out there, and um, I, he does, it seems like he just has no more room to move. He's got to go. Definitely. Uh, he was actually, it's very hard for him to get himself out of that uh, wrangle. Uh, but I'm in, in elevating the action to the level of saying that um, you know, the moral stance needs to be protected, especially when it comes to leaders who have, uh, you know, great influence in the public. When they're caught in situations like this and others, um, they, they need to really do the right thing, which is actually step aside and allow, uh, you know, whatever forces of law that need to be employed to, to get to the truth so that at least it can send a message to the rest of the leadership, on, not only in that country but around the continent, that um, we cannot continue to build a democracy on fragile ethical leadership. And for me, I think that's the biggest statement that he's stepping aside really sending. And it takes a lot of courage, of course, to be able to say, you know what, these things may be still be allegations, but I'm willing to step aside to sort them out. And in the meantime, allow government to function in the sense that it does not diminish uh, the public's uh, confidence and trust in what is remaining in government at the moment. We know that the nation has faced so many challenges over the years and still does face them. But when we get small instances of this kind of you know, um, action to say, I acknowledge the damage this has on my personality, my leadership, and also for the government that I represent, I choose to willingly to step aside, even though the denialism says I'm not accepting, I'm, or I'm not saying I did these things, but I'm willing to step aside. It's a little step towards in the right direction, and hopefully other leaders who have been caught in a situation that really do interfere with public trust and confidence in government will take a leave from this act. Absolutely. And our final story, we've got two minutes on this one. Nigeria grapples with school kidnappings by armed groups, this time around, not Boko Haram. But uh, reports coming out of uh, Nigeria telling us that these were criminal gangs looking for extortion money. This kidnapping thing uh, is really getting out of hand, isn't it? It happens a lot in South Africa to businessmen in our community, and it looks like it's happening to whole classrooms full of girls in Nigeria. It is very hard to break in Shafiq because of especially the fact that it involves children who are innocent and who have to face this kind of uh, uh, very heartbreaking, traumatizing uh, situations for doing literally nothing. They're just victims. Um, the, con- uh, the, the situation has continued unabated in, in Nigeria for a long time, and it's also begging questions about to what extent is government decisive to really bring these things to an end. Uh, reports coming from, from the different media houses and, 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 and reports from the country indicate there was some form of ransom have been paid in previous acts of kidnapping. And therefore, there could be um, a, an incentive that is going around to these kind of bandits and, 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 and such people who cause these kind of terrors to think that they can extort money from government when they do things like this. So there's a lot of questions around 
um, what's the contribution of government to this story, to this point in time. Sad, sad stories. We have to leave it there. Dr. Paul Kariuki, Executive Director, Democracy Development Program at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. You can use Twitter handle is at K-A-Y-L-A-N-P-K. That's where you can go get hold of Dr. Paul Kariuki. Thanks for joining us on Weekly Africa Report. Thank you, Shafiq, for having me on the show, and I wish you well. Thank you. The Weekly African Report in Drive Time. This morning uh, started off with uh, a fog, some mist, which is telling us in a subtle way that, uh, yes. I think. Uh